Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. Happy Thursday to everybody listening. Thank you very much for making us a part of it. We're live at the warehouse. Come on by. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. 86 East University Parkway. Great deals going on right now on adjustable beds in particular. Uh, when the other guy's prices are going up, Tom is taking his down. Some all-time low prices, which is saying something here at the warehouse where uh, they always have the lowest price in town. So 86 East University Parkway. Come by, see us, take advantage uh, of the great deals. We're going to talk to Sam Amick momentarily for a little daily assist for you. We'll get Sam's thoughts on what we've seen thus far from the scrimmages out of Orlando. We'll get his thoughts on uh, what he is going to be watching from the Jazz when they uh, scrimmage the Phoenix Suns tonight. And, uh, yeah, the NBA is is back. We are actually going to see basketballs dribbled and put through the cylinder on television tonight. And I think everybody's uh, very, very excited. We'll get Sam's thoughts about uh, what Justin Zanuck had to say about matchups being uh, the most critical uh, in this year's NBA playoffs. So lots to get to with Sam, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll catch up with him coming up here in a matter of moments. Kristen Kinney is going to be on the show coming up at 3.30 from AT&T Sportsnet. Kristen's going to have a role uh, on all the jazz broadcasts going forward, even though the, uh, she herself is not uh, physically on the sideline like she normally is. So we'll talk to Kristen about what her uh, night is going to be like tonight and going forward on future jazz broadcasts and AT&T Sportsnet, as well as get her thoughts on the jazz coming back and what she's uh, excited to see. So that's coming up at uh, 3.30. We'll have what's going on at 4 o'clock. And then at 5, uh, PK is going to jump on with us, and we're going to kind of shift into pregame mode for the scrimmage tonight. Now, if you're just joining us, we're not doing pre- and post-game shows for the scrimmages on radio. But uh, come uh, regular season, I guess, is what we're going to call it, uh, July 30th for that game, we'll be back to pre- and post-game shows. And uh, I will be anchoring those uh, throughout uh, the, the remainder of the jazz season. But since they're coming at different points during the day, we will merge a little bit with uh, what shows are, are going on uh, on the Zone Sports Network. So it should be really exciting. But PK is going to jump on with us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, Austin, are we ready? Let's go ahead and get to it. It's time for your daily assist. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. All right, your daily assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now from The Athletic, he's our friend Sam Amick. Hi, Sam. How are you? Hi, Jake. Doing good. Terrific. Happy to hear it. Uh, ter- uh, happy that uh, we in this market are going to have NBA basketball back tonight with the scrimmage between the Jazz and the Suns. Give us kind of your thoughts on maybe some of the scrimmages you've seen thus far and the presentation, the court, what <laughs> what we're, we're finally getting basketball back. What are your thoughts? 
No, it's been it's been weirdly uh, enjoyable, and I guess the weirdly part is just kind of makes you realize how much you missed it. You know, yesterday I uh, had the laptop out. I was sitting in my backyard with the iPad next to the laptop and and tracking, you know, both the games that, that went down. And just to have and this goes beyond basketball, but you know, just anything that you know with some levity in these uh, brutal times, it, it was just kind of really struck me how much I enjoyed just having that kind of mental breather. And truthfully, I hate to, you know, to not be ready for you today on the show, Jake. I cannot speak to Pacers, Blazers, or Bucks Spurs because I, I had to step out of the house for a short time. And, and I was like that kid who, who was recording everything and then wanted to come back and watch it fresh. So I haven't actually tracked those games other than seeing a, a few tweets that the Giannis is, is doing Giannis things. But I mean, it's fun. You know, the presentation looks good. Um, a lot of credit to this point goes to the NBA. I mean, health first and foremost. They continue to test negative with their players. You know, little by little, these rosters are filling out with players that, that you know, that did deal with COVID coming back into the fold. So a very long way to go, but but I'm impressed so far. In the news we got, I think it was Monday, where they had zero positive coronavirus tests from uh, inside the bubble, and I think it was 300-some-odd tests. But, you, you know, right. it, it's encouraging in the sense that, you know, you, you mitigate the risk and you can't completely eliminate it, but you, you mitigate it as much as you can, and at least that's a little positive reinforcement, I think, that you're doing something right, wouldn't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you, you got to consider the alternative, which is – you know, if they came back with big numbers right out the gate, and you know this thing could be going down dark road pretty quickly. And even for me, to be honest, and I'm going with you guys in previous visits, you know, part of my choice to not go into the back end because I can't have the choice of the front end or the, the back end is like don't fall apart. I don't really need to be there, you know, uh, and and you know didn't really know if, if ultimately, I, you know, that I would make it out there. Um, and so far, again, it looks good. So it's uh, it's just incredible, I think, hearing more and more about the functionality of the campus and, you know, everything from security and how they're keeping certain people from certain places and the mental health stuff where not only are they offering a lot of different recreational options for players and coaches and staff, but, you know, they've even got things like an app that they can jump to on their phone and, and have mental health material or things to read. I mean, they're just they're trying to check as many boxes as possible to uh, to make this thing, you know, kind of comfortable and feasible for everybody. Sam Amick uh, of The Athletic with us, your daily assist here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sam, we had uh, Justin Zanuck on the station earlier today, of course, GM of the Jazz, and he talked to, uh, about something that we've chatted with you about, how with no home court advantage, it's matchups are going to be the big thing now number of your seed but who you're actually playing and uh, the Jazz most likely opponents in the first round will be either Oklahoma City or Houston I suppose there's an outside chance they could get Denver or Dallas but likely OKC or Houston out of those two teams who would who would be the better matchup for the Jazz um good question I mean I'm gonna lean towards OKC uh, because for one you know, I think you've got the obvious feeders of Houston small ball approach mitigating, you know, and then complicating Rudy Gobert's existence. And that matchup being problematic if they got P.J. Tucker out there at the five. 
um, you know, and they're on the go and they're running it, and they're just, you know, they're just creating a landscape that's not into what Rudy does best. That would worry me. So, you know, OKC's got no slouch at the five with, with Stephen Adams, but it's just not the, it's the same of all approach. It's a lot more conventional, and I think, you know, just kind of jazz at their best should be able to take care of the Thunder. Now, I mean, let's okay, see the good squad. They're deep. I was actually just doing my award home today, and, and I'm going to be voting Dennis Schroeder for sick man of the year. Donovan's getting coach of the year. Love for me. Um, you know, not for first place, but at the top three. So it's a good team. Um, but you know, between the two of them, I'd probably want to see OKC if I was the Jazz. Well, speaking of those awards, what do you think about only awarding MVP and, and so on based on, on the first part of the year before March? And uh, can you give us some insight on who your MVP would be? So I, I, I don't love it, and, and I agree with others who have said that you had to do one or the other here, meaning you had to say that the voting would, would also include the eight games and then also you know the eight games in Orlando and then also, those stats, you know, would apply to each player's full season stats. Or you go the other way, which is the awards are already done pre-Orlando and the stats are done pre-Orlando because their argument, the league's argument, is that for competitive balance or fairness, if you will, the other eight teams that weren't invited, that, you know, that they should have um, just as good a shot at these awards as anybody else. Well, I mean, and it's fine, but then when the historians go back and look at stats, you know, if you don't really know, then you're not going to know that, that 22 of the team's numbers included eight more games, you know, and the other eight stopped. It's just weird. I just feel like you had to have a clean cut one way or the other, and they tried to split the difference, and it seems very odd to me. Now, uh, MVP-wise, you know, I think it, it was Giannis before. You know, he's going to be my vote, and, and it would have taken – you know, eight incredible games out of LeBron and eight terrible games out of Giannis for me to change that vote. I don't think it's all that particularly close. And I think I can say that while also saying LeBron just had an incredibly special year. Um, you know, and this is the tough part about MVP votes in general. It's like there's there's no lifetime thing. You know, I've heard people saying, oh, well, you know, LeBron's missed out on X, you know, X amount in the past. But that doesn't matter. It's just what you've done this year. And Giannis, on a per-minute basis, has legitimately done things that we haven't seen since Will Chamberlain was playing the game in terms of production on the scoring side, on the hitting the glass, uh, just making an incredible impact and being a major playmaker for the Bucks. you know, stretching the floor a little bit, um, you know, series, like pretty sizable games when it comes to the range of, of what he's doing offensively. So I think for sure, uh, for me, he's the MVP. Sam Amick with us, and Sam, since the Jazz played the Suns tonight, uh, ask you a question about Phoenix, a franchise that has really failed to rebuild for quite some time now, and uh, they're part of this uh, experience. They they had a little bit of success. Have they finally maybe put some building blocks in place, uh, and they could be part of a future, you know, playoff picture? Uh, we'll see. I mean, the West is still really tough, and. I like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Monty Williams, you know, kind of believer and think that culturally he's a fantastic addition. And I think he's good at development. I think he's great at culture building and integrity and, and inspiring confidence and faith in his players. 
So a big thumbs up there for me. You know, um, James Jones is a guy that, you know, has had a, a mixed record in the front office when it comes to roster building, and he's made some, you know, some moves that have paid off, some others that haven't. And so, you know, the front office is, is kind of still trying to find its way. Uh, but it starts with ownership, and Robert Sarver has got a long track record of, you know, of being a problematic owner to work for. And, you know, so it, to me it's it's mixed. I'm, you know, Devin Booker's, the, the clock is ticking on how long they can keep him happy. And, you know, they're, they're going to have to really turn it around here at some point. To me, this this season was not turning it around. They got off to a nice start. Um, they were a good story for a little bit, but then they fell off the cliff. And I think they've still got a long ways to go, to be honest with you. Is Tom Thibodeau the leader in the clubhouse right now for the next job? It seems that way. I mean, I need to make some calls. I admittedly, we went on vacation last week and lost touch with that a little bit. But, you know, you've got some obvious synergy between, uh, you know, Tom and the, the Knicks front office that now has such a heavy former CAA influence. So CAA has represented Tom for a very long time. That's That's been his representation. And then you've got Neon Rose, you know, the former head agent of basketball at CAA, and then World Wide West with, you know, deep ties to CAA. So it seems like he's a leader in the clubhouse just based on the fact that, you know, that's the way the script, you know, would seemingly go. Um, but they have clearly been taking their time, and, and that list of, of coaches that they were going to talk to was incredibly long. And I know – just in general, they're like early on, the sense that you got was that, you know, Tibbs was way out front. And then even from from his camp, um, you know, kind of after that a little bit, it was this sense of like, no, there's going to be a process. And they weren't they weren't uh, assuming anything. They were still hoping that he could go ahead and get the gig. So we'll see. Uh, I'm sure we've asked you about this before, Sam, but what do you think about that strategy uh, to hire a, a former player agent or somebody from that world? We've seen the Jazz do with Justin Zanuck and the Knicks and, and the Warriors. I mean, that seems to be becoming kind of a trend. I mean, it is, but it's funny, Jake, that it's not – I just think there's a lot of apples and oranges comparisons with some of these situations because people consistently bring up the uh, – you know, like the Bob Myers, Rob Palenka comparison to pick one. So Rob, obviously, GM of the Lakers, Bob with the Warriors. It's like, all right, well, Bob came in and worked under Larry Riley and, and Travis Schlank. Now Travis is the GM of the Hawks now. And kind of got his feet wet and learned the ropes on that side. And then, you know, kind of had a, a nice little training period, so to speak, before taking the job and really getting into it. Um, Rob was very different. Comes in with Magic Johnson, you know, you get the keys to the car right away. You have no experience. You have you stub your toe a lot. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just different. So, I mean, it's the thing where it is fantastic, and honestly, I think Justin's really good at what he does. And, and he, similarly to Bob, is somebody who came in and worked as part of the group, you know, and then has continued to get elevated from there. Um, it's just that insight into both sides of the negotiation and the equation on the player side and the team side. And you have a lot of executives who don't have the agent experience who they just, they can't see the basketball world in the same way that these agents can. And I mean, I don't care what you do for a living hoops or, or business of any kind, you know, understanding 
the person on the other side of the table is a, a major, major asset, a major, you know, quality that, that typically is something people look for. So to me, that's the key. But it's not a foolproof plan. I mean, the Leon Rose one, yeah, I don't know what to think. I don't know Leon personally that, you know, well enough to really know if he's going to make the most of the inside he gleaned from his past life and, and then, you know, learn enough on the team side to kind of become one of these guys who's a success story. And, and not only that, but he's still working for James Dolan. So, you know, that's always going to be an uphill battle too. Sam, before we let you go, give us uh, uh, an item or two with the Utah Jazz you'll have your eye on as they return to play. Um, I mean, listen, <laughs> maybe this is being a national guy and just being a little guilty of not, you know, I'm really focusing on the stuff that is front and center, even though I know the locals are tired of hearing about it. I mean, Donovan and Rudy and how they interact on the court, how they compete, uh, I think that'll be interesting to watch because even if the, you know, Oklahoma City never happened, March 11th, COVID, all of the above, even if that never happened, we have since learned that those two players, two incredibly talented, you know, young players who I think competitively, both of them, uh, my experience has been that, you know, they, they, they both want to win. They're both very selfless. Um, but they have, both stated that they had some basketball issues before any of that stuff happened and that chemistry-wise they were struggling a bit to figure out how to, to be a one-two punch for that team in the way the Jazz need them to be. So watching them function is going to be a big deal for me. And then, you know, seeing, this is something Donovan's talked about, just in the absence of Boyan Bogdanovich, you know, who is going to step up and, and, and kind of help replace that 20 points per game that they lost when he had surgery um, and, and overall, I think just, you know, with the Mike Conley factor and, and Joe Ingles coming back and all those guys, is just can they get anywhere close to those preseason expectations that were so lofty because of the moves they had made? It's the Orlando thing, for, to me, for teams like the Jazz, the Blazers, all, I mean, there's a clean slate. And it, it's like a big March Madness tournament that, you know, I mean, we can sit here talking and, early October, Jake, and, and the Jazz shocked the world, and they're in the NBA Finals. I mean, it could happen, and they got that opportunity, so we'll see what they can do. Sam, thank you very, very much as always. We appreciate it, and look forward to catching up with you next week. Bye, right, my friend. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Sam. That's Sam Amick from The Athletic, your daily assist and always a highlight of, of the week when he has the chance to jump on. And, and he hit on a couple of things right there with the Jazz that we've been uh, we've been talking about, stuff that we talked about heavily on the show yesterday. He, uh, you know, Donovan and Rudy, and uh, we talked yesterday a little bit more about their connection on the floor. Sam wants to see kind of how that relationship uh, plays out maybe with uh, with how they interact and those sorts of things. It's it's no doubt a dominant headline with the team. And then, yeah, Mike Conley, and can they live up to the potential that uh, a lot of us, Sam included, obviously, thought that they had when Mike joined this team. And those are, those are the big storylines with the Jazz, and they're big ones. They are big ones because those are three – uh, of the most important player, jazz players, if not the three most important jazz players with Bogdanovich 
uh, not being able to return. So, you know, those are the big things, and and I think we're all going to have our eye on it. But it is interesting to hear a national guy. And don't forget, you know, Sam was part of that athletic report with Shams and Tony Jones who, who talked about a lot of the issues between Donovan and Rudy and brought a lot of that to the surface. So no, certainly no surprise that that would be something that uh, that Sam would have his eye on as, as the Jazz return, as I think we all do. Now, Donovan and Rudy have, have both talked about how they have uh, – uh, you know their mutual ex, uh, success benefits both of them, and they're going to get out there and hoop, and that's their job, and that's what they're going to do. And you would expect nothing less from either one of them. But uh, their connection, uh, both on the floor and off, might be the key to the Jazz success for years to come. So there's no doubt that that's not only one of the biggest storylines going on within the team, but one of the biggest storylines going on uh, out there with the entire NBA. These are two all-star players who appear to be on a franchise on the come. And they're the, the two that the, the Jazz are going to build around, it would appear, going forward. So no doubt why that's such a big storyline. But, I, you know, knowing how smart both those players are, I, I would guess that they're going to find a way to, to, to perform and find a way to, to get it done. And I've been a long believer that their games can be complementary. They can fit together well. And Rudy needs to, to realize what's realistic uh, from his o- uh, offensive um, opportunities from that standpoint. And Donovan needs to be a better passer, a better playmaker. Uh, Gordon is, uh, Gordon Monson especially has hit on that for a long time now. So, um, there, there's no doubt that both players can focus internally on how that they can get better and uh, make each other and the rest of the team for that matter better. And of course, that's going to be uh, a big storyline. And uh, as we've talked about a lot, of course, Mike Conley is going to be a big storyline. We'll talk to Kristen Kinney about all of this coming up next, but we are live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway and Tom jumping on the show once again. What's going on, Tom? Kristen needs an adjustable bed. I'll suggest that to her coming up next. Perfect. We've got a queen deal for her. All right. <laughs> We've got uh, the queen adjustable bed, five ninety nine, including the motorized base yep. with uh, the queen gel-infused memory foam mattress. It's the best deal in the country. And then in queens, we've got a, a bump up that's a really nice head up, foot up, with uh, another nice mattress that we can do the entire package for eight ninety nine. That's a package seventeen ninety nine to two thousand bucks across the wow. street. Wow! So more than fifty percent off. More than fifty off. But the real deal, we talked about it briefly last break, is the queen with all the features: massage, twenty four settings, USBs, LED lights underneath, head up, foot up. It's got two memory settings. Really nice bed, made by Enzo. And then a gel-infused latex mattress or gel-infused 13-inch memory foam. The, the mattress by itself is a $2,400 mattress. The entire package, $1,299. Wow. It's a deal. And then uh, we've been talking all three breaks today about the, the split California King. I can do the split California King. I've got two mattress options to choose from for eighteen ninety nine. I've got a solid King. This is a split California King right. for seventeen ninety nine. And then our deal on the the King mattress is eighteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety nine. If right. you want the split, I'm going to give you the mattresses that are normally like thirty six hundred bucks. 
with the bases that are normally twenty four hundred bucks, the entire package for nineteen ninety. Unheard of. It's incredible. And financing, don't forget we can do uh through Citibank. Same as cash for eighteen months. Awesome. Take advantage of it. Eighty six East University Parkway, the warehouse. We'll have Kristen Kinney coming up next, ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Drop by and see us. Big scrimmage coming up tonight, the Jazz, the Suns. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. She covers the sidelines and locker rooms for the Jazz broadcast on AT&T Sportsnet. She, of course, is also a regular on the big show. She's Kristen Kinney with us. Hi, Kristen. How are you? Hey, how are you doing? Man, basketball's back. I know it's just a scrimmage, and we're going to get right into it coming up next week. But, boy, is it going to be fun to watch the ball go through the hoop tonight. I'm so excited. I mean, yeah, it's just a scrimmage, but it may as well be a real game because, man, for fans, I'm sure they feel like it's been so long, right? And for myself and the broadcast team to just be out back and doing what we love to do, right? Playing some ball and watching and calling the game and – Oh, it's going to be amazing. Well, let's talk a little bit about the broadcast tonight, Kristen. We've talked to Bowler a little bit about what his setup is going to be. Tell us, uh, obviously, you're going to be doing your thing without actually being on the sideline or in the locker room, which is going to be new. But kind of tell us your setup and your role and how it's going to look tonight. Yeah, really, you can't call it courtside reporter anymore because you're not courtside. <laughs> but um, I, I, <laughs> I we got to come up with a new name. <laughs> um but I heard Bowler this morning talking, and you know it's 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 just so wild to um, even be in this situation. And I know he said that he didn't even think we'd be here and be broadcasting again this year. So just to be back, I agree with him. It's it's surreal. Uh, it's going to be totally different, but still um, trying to be as traditional as possible um, to to what we'd normally do. So following the similar setup and and show to a normal broadcast, it's just completely different because we're not physically there, which really, I don't know if the viewers are going to sense that as much as we will because we're going to be calling the game in an empty arena with no sound. You can hear a pin drop. Um, So I'm used to relying on the adrenaline, much like the players or the fans and the noise and the cheers and the music um, to pump me up before I – do my reports and that's going to be i think the hardest adjustment is literally hearing everything my all my words in going through my ifb in my ear um and not hearing any of the the crowd noise and you know also not being able to be there to 
see what's happening on the bench and kind of pick up what's going on in the, in the huddle. And you know, so it's going to be uh, an adjustment. But I've talked to several sideline reporters around the league, and they said the same thing. It's really different, but it's just great to be back. So I think for the fans at home, you're going to be able to watch the game. Uh, it'll be really innovative to see what the NBA is doing to bring life to the game and to the arena there. You'll be able to see your favorite players. It'll just be really different for how we're covering the game. I'm not uh, sure how much you've seen. You've probably seen it online, the the setup, the court, kind of the uh, how it's to look. I'm not sure if you've seen and been able to stream some of the other scrimmages, but what do you think about the court and the presentation and the setup down there? I think the NBA is incredible. Uh, we were on a conference call with the league last week, and I was so excited, more excited about the innovation and the technology really than anything, because it's just remarkable how quickly this has come together in um, a short amount of, of time to allow the the fans to feel like they can, you know, fans not in the arena, that's a huge deal, but to try to engage fans, and I know they have some ideas for that coming up that they'll test, and, you know, just trying to uh, recreate the home court, which we'll get a sense of that tonight, since this is a home game for the Jazz, technically, so it'll be a good, it'll be a good uh, opportunity to see what that's like with the virtual displays and the sounds that mimic the sounds that um, they would hear in a Vivint Smart Home Arena. So I just am really impressed with the robo cameras. I know Bowler mentioned that. There's some cameras we'll try out, I don't think, during the scrimmages, but um, to allow the player to physically see me back um, in Utah for a walk-off interview. So even though I'm not there, that you can still see each other, which I, is just really amazing. Uh, so for me, just the, what they've done, the NBA, to put all this together, and then our own crew um, that, that we work with here uh, in Utah with Travis Henderson and Jeremy Castro and Jeremy Brunner, just all of the work that they've had to do to get us set up. So we're all, Bowler mentioned this, that we're all scattered throughout the arena, um, socially distanced uh, across different parts of the arena to do our job. And just thinking about how all of that has come together, it's, it's going to be pretty neat, especially because we'll get to see maybe some of the sound effects that I'm curious to see how that goes for to mimic the uh, Vivint Smart Home Arena. You know, the loudest, craziest fans in the NBA, right? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kristen Kinney with us from AT&T Sportsnet. Um, Kristen, on the floor tonight uh, in the scrimmage, give us uh, one or two things you're going to have your eye open for. For me, I think it's um, really I'm excited to see, like I mentioned before, the innovation and having this really be our first test at this. Um, We've seen other teams do it yesterday, as you mentioned, with the scrimmages. Uh, But just trying to see how this all comes together to make it as organic as possible. So that's the biggest thing for me that I'm excited about. When you look at the game itself, I think it's just getting the guys back out there. And, um, you know, coaches is talking about this. It's less, um, you know, game planning and more just letting the guys play again. And the first time we're really going to see that since March 11th when everything shut down. So I'm really just excited to see them back on the floor, see some of the combinations without bogey, what that looks like. Um, My eyes are really on Mike Conley. I'm excited to see where he picks up. When I talk to him um, in our interview, which will air during our game coverage throughout the next couple weeks, you know, he was really excited about where things had uh, left off with he and his uh, comfort level with the system and the production that he was starting to see and feel and his uh, his connectivity, so to say, with with a lot of the guys. Um, so I, I'm I'm really interested to see him where he picks things up and 
he said he, he feels really good and that this break was a really good opportunity for him to take some time and, you know, focus on some of those things and, and, and get back to feeling the best that he can feel. So I'm, that's the one player I'm really excited to see. But other than that, I'm just excited to see ball happen and um, the guys just playing free-flowing like Jordan Clarkson says. You know, without Bogdanovich, as you talk about, you know, that's a lot of production you've got to make up for. And you brought up Mike Conley, and I'm sure he'll be uh, one of the, you know, leading candidates to fill some of that production. But who else do you think needs to step up in his absence? Well, we know that it's a collective effort. Um, Talk to the guys about this, and we always try to get, okay, who is that one guy, right? And um, uh, the the team has preached the strength of the team as a team for so many years, and it really is. I mean, the back's when the Jazz have their backs against the, the wall and players go down, they all seem to um, pull together and fight even stronger. So I do think it's a collective effort. I do think, number one, Mike Conley, that's the person to keep uh, eyes on. Um, this is a great opportunity. He knows the system now, had a little rest, and uh, he was you know can pick up where he left off. I also think um, Jordan Clarkson. Think, the interesting thing with Jordan Clarkson, too, is that he didn't? He wasn't around, right, for preseason games for a lot of the practice times. He's had that now with the guys, so it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. I mean, he just fit in perfectly, right, when when he when he stepped onto the court with us. So, uh, but now with a little more practice and and more time and that preseason summer vibe, he got it'll it'll be interesting to see that. And of course, Royce O'Neal, um, he is one of the underrated guys that I think his role will definitely. Uh, not change still same role, but just see more more of an impact and maybe doing more things offensively as well as um, George Niang. So the, yeah, a lot of guys are going to step it up. Whew, we have a lot of we have a, a deep talented team. Well, Kristen, we're really excited to see the the broadcast back on the air tonight. We're excited to be back to basketball, and you know it officially gets back coming up on the thirtieth. But uh, I think everybody's excited to watch what you have for us tonight. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait. I don't think I'll get to physically see you at the arena, but we can wave from afar. (laughs) (laughs) You you got it, Kristen. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Uh, That's our friend, Kristen Kinney. Uh, watch her tonight, AT&T Sportsnet, as the Jazz uh, getting set for uh, for a scrimmage. That was interesting what she was talking about, how she's still going to be able to do the walk-off. The player's going to still be able to see Kristen. Uh, you know, this is going to be fun to see um, some of the solutions that the, the talented broadcast folks, not only for the for the Jazz, and Kristen mentioned a bunch of, a bunch of them there, but also for uh, before the NBA and how it's all going to mix together and what we're going to be able to see. There's going to be some trial and error, I'm sure. There's going to be some adjustment, but it's it's going to be cool to to watch it unfold. All right, coming up next, we've got a Mountain America Market update. We are live from the warehouse. Come by and see us, 86 East University Parkway. I've had uh, a couple of conversations with some listeners dropping by today, a lot of fun. Please feel free to do so, 86 East University Parkway right here in Orem. Let's get to a back-to-basketball update. Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz in the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net. Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Oh, man, it's going to feel good to say this, but the Jazz are in action tonight from the bubble in Orlando. It's scrimmage number one. They take on Ricky Rubio and the Phoenix Suns. The game will uh, tip off at, or the scrimmage will tip off at 6 o'clock. David Locke will have all the action for you right here on the Zone Sports Network. You'll also be able to watch it on AT&T Sportsnet. Speaking of the bubble, here is Damian Lillard giving his thoughts on entering into the bubble in Orlando. Before I came, my concern was more like, you know, I'm going to miss my family. You know, what is it going to be like? Before we got here, it was other teams here, and we saw, like, people was complaining about the food. So I was just like, you know, what is it going to be like? Is it going to be, you know, a bad situation? Are we able to, to really pull this off? And then when I got here, I was like, I mean, this is this is more than comfortable. Some news uh, on the bubble front for uh, Pelicans forward Zion Williamson. The team announced today uh, that Williamson has been getting tested daily for the coronavirus since he has left the team. The Pelicans added that although there is no timetable for his return, Williamson fully intends to rejoin the team. And there is your back to basketball update brought to you by Zion's Bank. For a bank that understands your business, Zion's Bank is for you. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse today, 86 East University Parkway, right here in Orem. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. Of course, the warehouse. But it is time for a Mountain America market update. Uh, let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, our friend Mark Cabanilla is back with us on the Big Show. Two days in a row, Mark. Uh, we, uh, awesome. Let's do this. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It was uh, kind of interesting. Yesterday was a good day in the market. Today was kind of the opposite. Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 353 points, or 1.3%. The S&P dropped as well, 1.2%, and followed by the NASDAQ, which actually dropped 2.2%. So some major selling here in the tech sectors. But, and I, again, I think this is going to be pretty normal for the, the next little while. Any advice uh, for our listeners going into the uh, local holiday? Yeah, so something um, kind of for a few different um, listeners. Those, those younger listeners that you have, we want them to focus more on, um, they have a little more time on their side for retirement, so don't worry so much about this volatility in the market. Just make sure that you're, you're putting money towards retirement. And those that are getting a little closer to retirement, make sure that your portfolio is aligned with your goals and current risk tolerance. I think that'll be really important, especially um, in this in this crazy time. Mark, we appreciate you. Thank you for jumping on, as always. No problem, guys. Talk to you later. That's our friend Mark Cabanilla of Mountain America Market uh, Investment Services, and that is another Mountain America Market Update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. 
All right. We will have uh, what's going on coming up right around the corner. We'll find out what's going on on DJ and PK as well as Hans and Scotty. So stay tuned for that. Speaking of PK, he's going to join the show uh, hopefully at the top of the 5 o'clock hour as we kind of move into pregame mode for the Jazz, uh, taking on the Phoenix Suns in a scrimmage from the bubble tonight. There are uh, a bunch of other news and notes of uh, things that are going on. We'll get to the Pac-12's plan of return uh, coming up uh, at 4.30. But there's two different stories involving team names out there today. And, uh, Austin, I want to get your thoughts on, on both of these because they are actually – uh, both big deals in their own right. But uh, the the uh, Washington football team, Austin, Ugh. will be uh, officially, at least for the moment, renamed as Washington football team. Um, now, it, it was going to be a monumental task to rebrand before the season. I, I get that. It, yeah, it they only had a, hundreds of years to do this. The I, I know. I know people don't have a ton of sympathy for them. But I guess I could kind of understand, although couldn't they just do Washington? I mean, I guess they put the football team on there. I guess you got to describe what it is. I don't know. I don't know, Austin. I don't know how I feel about this one. It, but it's not going to be the Redskins, and I guess that's a positive thing. Yeah, what should they have done? Just found a, like a temporary uh, something or other? Well, I think that they should have just, you know, come up with a better name in the first place, as we discussed already. Uh, I I don't know that there was a good way to do this now before the season begins, if the season begins. All I do know, Jake, is I hope that they spent uh, Dan Snyder into bankruptcy on a marketing team who came up with the Washington football team as their name. <laughs> I think this is I think this is about buying time. Although Hans did have an interesting conspiracy theory earlier today that they're just delaying so they hope the heat goes away and they can just rename it the the Redskins. I don't think that's the case. They can't do I, that. I I believe that that maybe they're having a tough time negotiating with that dude who bought the rights to all those names or or trademark trademarked the rights to all those names. So maybe they're they're negotiating the millions of dollars they're going yeah. to get that guy. But uh, but yeah. So uh, <laughs> get ready for the Washington football team uh, and the, uh, the, the Reddit NFL guys. Season. You talked about the Reddit guys, didn't you? No. Oh, there there was a redditor. Uh, I don't know if that's what we call them. You know, Reddit. Uh, and and they found that the uh, Snyder Corporation has bought the rights to uh, the the website DCSentinels.com. Oh. Which, that was originally the football team in Washington's name, was the Sentinels, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, and so the, there is an underground belief that they wouldn't buy that web, the rights to that website if that right. weren't what they were planning on naming their team. And now it's just a matter of giving themselves time to get jerseys and hats and merchandise right, and right, market right. and all that stuff. So I, my money would be on the Sentinels to be their choice. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. But then, of course, uh, it doesn't really matter because I haven't liked their name for many years now, and no one seemed to care what I thought about it. Either, and the so. Sentinels would would certainly be better than the alternative. I mean, so I'm the, fine with that. the 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 Ziploc sandwich bags would be a better name. Can I can I tell you my idea <laughs> I that I, I had? That, but... Can I tell you my idea that I had driving down down here? What about just picking out somebody's name, like? Uh, <laughs> Like the Utah Dugs. Okay. 
yeah, the the Washington. How about the Washington Washingtons? How about ah, that? There you go. Or the the Washington Garys. Just, just Bob. <laughs> or how about the the, the Washington Karens? Oh, you know what, Jake? <laughs> I don't care what they name themselves. That's what I'm going to be calling them. The Washington, the Washington Karens. Karens. Who who think everyone else is the problem. <laughs> you can, and really, it's they that are the problem. You could really see the logo now, can't you? It's <laughs> just some some <laughs> silhouette of, of a person with their arms Demanding. folded and one finger up. Yeah, pointing at a manager. See manager. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> see, I think we're on to something. Oh, it would be brilliant. The Washington Karens. Let's let's get that done. I also heard uh, they're also now using the name Heather. Uh, oh, really? Karen, which that's I'm sorry to all the Heathers, now. but yeah. yeah. Yeah, the name Karen's kind of taken a hit over the past what's few months, the, hasn't What's it? the male equivalent of a Karen? I've seen this discussion online, and I can't remember. Isn't it sexist the, of us to just assign the, just, this to women? Right. Yeah. Uh, right. In my experience, the men are a little more flying off the handle anyway well, than, than Karen's, but I'll say Todd. Todd is uh, the new Karen. There you go. Uh, and then the other piece of uh, naming uh, in the news today, the Seattle NHL team has right. a name, the Krakens. What do you think of that of that decision? Love it. Why? L- absolutely love it, because Krakens are awesome. So it's just Kraken, just one, not Krakens. The Kraken, whatever. And that's the, but I'm already annoyed by it, by Why? by by that, by oh, okay. it being pluralized when it when it doesn't need to be. Uh, I actually, my first reaction to that was that was the best uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean character, and then I read that really well done uh, piece on ESPN about the process of how they came to decide on that name, and it is really 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 good. It ties into the maritime history there in the Seattle area. I really like the colors. And I love the logo. I'm excited for the Seattle Kraken. And, I really and am. Think, and think of what you could call the uh, the the like fan groups, right? The the crackheads, <laughs> uh, the crack squad. No, I mean, Jake. We no, could, no. You know, we, it the 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 possibilities are are limitless. It, they're they're no longer team personnel. They're a crack squad of personnel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think you could get really creative there. I'm. I, there was. You remember our guy uh, uh, Talon? Uh, what did we call him? What was his nickname? Clint. Clint. It's not not his, <laughs> it wasn't his nickname. It's his real name. Real name. But you remember our guy Clint? Uh, I do. He made a, a somewhat good point. He would have liked to have seen some kind of kind of kind of nod or homage made to the uh, Supersonics to include some yellow or some green maybe in the colors or something like that, but. I don't know. I, I think that I think they did a really nice job. I like the colors. I like the logo. The name is cool. The only other name I think that would be better, Jake, would have been the Sasquatch. Okay. That they right. could have been the Seattle Sasquatch or the Seattle Bigfoot or whatever. But anyway, I like I like Kraken. It looks it good looks good. It. it sounds good. I'm excited. Yeah, and, and tell Clint to go have another Miami Vice. The color scheme <laughs> is the color <laughs> scheme is fine. And the 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 Space Needle with the anchor. Very good. Sweet. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll get to what's going on. We are live at the warehouse here in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. Tom jumping on with us once Austin, again. Austin, yes. I want to know if it shouldn't have been the autonomous zones. Oh, wow. What <laughs> <laughs> you did there, the chop? Isn't that what the, the they chop, called that thing? Yeah, that would have been, that been uh, 
controversial. Definitely controversial. <laughs> and don't bend Where's over my politics sound me up. <laughs> oh, Tom. I see what you did there. Uh, you know, Gordon's gone, but we've got to have some of those dad uh, jokes. I did then. that in honor of missing Gordon. Oh, our guy. Uh, well, let's, let's do some deals in honor of Gordon. How about that? Hey, is your wife angry because she is miserable in bed? Uh, then, I, let me let me rephrase that. <laughs> is your wife miserable because wow. your mattress is just awful? That's better. That was, Sorry, that, we that are missing not, Gordon. That was if your wife is angry and she is tired of not sleeping because your mattress is awful. And my son Clayton likes to say, if you're not sleeping, your mattress probably sucks. Probably pretty safe bet. Pretty safe bet. Does it have roller coaster dips in it? Where you, you get stuck in this pit and you can't even roll over when you want to sleep on your side. That means it's time. That means it's time. And, and obviously the adjustable bed is the ultimate option. But if you can't, in your mind, come to figure out a way. I, I'm going to sell you an adjustable bed cheaper than most people will sell you a mattress. That queen for five ninety nine includes a motorized adjustable base with the queen gel-infused memory foam mattress for 599 bucks. You go to our competitors, and let's just call them the firm across the street. All right. Because their average queen is about 800 bucks, just for a mattress. That's not a good one. It's just a That's mattress. That's an average mattress right. is about 800 bucks. Why don't, we, why don't we put you in an adjustable bed for 599 now, if you're looking for better head up, foot up, instead of paying twenty five to four grand, come in. I've got an adjustable bed, head up, foot up, ten inch gel infused memory foam mattress. The entire package only eight ninety nine. Wow! But let's say you haven't brought yourself to figure out that's the best way for me to be more productive is to get better sleep. I have three beds left where I can do a California King bed. Headboard, footboard rails, a box, and an S brand. Top of the line mattress. Seal the deal. It's as good the as one. it gets. The entire package for four ninety nine. Incredible. The mattress at our competitor is fourteen hundred bucks. That's a twenty two hundred dollar package for five hundred dollars. I-, I lied. Four hundred ninety nine dollars. Incredible. I'm not lying on the bed. I'm sitting up. So I don't want to lie. Sorry. <laughs> Gordon, I wish you were listening because this was all in favor of you and Steve Clowkey. All in honor of Gordon and Clowkey. Good point. All right. Come take advantage of it. 86 East University Parkway right here in Orm. It's the warehouse. Well, what's going on? Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.